Hey everyone, Becky from The Shift Team here, and we're back with a brand new series to celebrate the symposium launch, a virtual gymnastics educational event hosted by Shift, June 10th to June 12th. Introducing the Shift Symposium's guest speakers, Lindsay Stencil. This week's mini podcast episode is another of the 2022 Shift Symposium's guest speakers, Lindsay Stencil, owner of Excel Gymnastics and head coach of the exquisite competitive team. Lindsay will be presenting on day two of the symposium, discussing everything you need to know about cast handstands, giants, and pirouettes. My opinion, and I would love to hear your thoughts. Uh, if we want to actually make real meaningful change, it is more of these conversations about what do we what are the real problems and how do we deal with them and how can we help you in the trenches get tools you need to be successful and be happy with your job. And I think that that's lost on people right now. I think that they're, they're not empathetic to what coaches really go through the great coaches who are doing the right thing. And I also think they're not empathetic towards um, what happens when you allow a few high level coaches who are morally misguided to run, run the ship and how that all breaks down on the people they work with. So right. my opinions, but yeah, I, no, I totally think that. And, and I think that a lot of us are suffering from that fallout. Yeah. Right. And, um, and you know, people that do care about their job are going to feel those things. And I think you had, and I think that is why I speak up because mm-hmm. what I'm noticing is that it's like, you know, it's like not even the right thing now to talk about the coach as if our feelings now all of a sudden don't matter when there are so many good ones out there. Yeah. <laughs> There's so many. So I, I guess I always feel the need to make sure that the whole conversation is discussed, like yes. you said, not just one side. And then, and then it's not a very fun thing to do, but to pro and con or devil's advocate, all of those situations. Okay. Here's what we're going to mandate. What are the potential fallouts, negative and positive right. from this? How far can you take that? Um, that's something that actually my team manager and I do every single Tuesday with every single decision we make. And it takes a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something that she and I have been doing together. Um, geez Louise for like 17 years now, you know, just, and it, but it, it takes a lot of patience to be able to pro and con things and not take it personally. Right. Um, okay. We're going to make this decision. What's going to be the fallout? What's the pro and con? You know, so like I look at some of these things coming out as recommendations for us to do and I go, geez, oh, we got a pro and con this, but we can't just pro and con it here. You've got a pro and con that four years, Yeah, four years. What does this look like? Five years, the same way you plan for your athlete. Mm -hmm. You're supposed to be planning five years back all the time. So then you've got to say, okay, any mandate or recommendation that we make, not, not what's the immediate pro and con, what is the pro and con and how is this going to cascade over a five year span. Yep. So I I think that's always why I'm like, Ooh, let's talk about that more. Yeah. Um, I've embraced that concept a lot. I teach about like having a lens of twos, like what is this decision yeah. affect two hours, two days, two weeks, two months, mm-hmm. two years, two decades on yourself, the, athlete, the gym and stuff like that. And I think it's yeah. an important fork of decisions to kind of work through. Uh, down yeah. the I guess the last, the last we've already kind of dived into this already, but the last thing I think a lot of people are struggling with right now is to um, be able to navigate in the sport, low level, high level, whatever else it is, but just navigate in the sport and have a positive culture where the kids are happy, the coaches are happy, the parents are happy and still chase super high level goals. And, um, 
I think a lot of parents that I maybe DM me or are concerned or even coaches too are like, I'm trying to do the right thing. My coworkers won't change. They're super stubborn. Mm -hmm. It feels like I can't move to a gym right now because of coronavirus or like, you know, right. the pandemic situation, but I hate my job or I don't like the gym I'm at. The culture seems bad. Like, so I guess in your experiences, it sounds like you've gone through a lot of transformation is if you had practical pieces of advice to either coaches or parents listening who are trying to build a better environment in their gym. And you've mentioned some like communication and some other stuff like mm -hmm. that. But are there any other pieces of wisdom that you would have for people as they try to kind of remaster their culture and, and have everyone in their gym, not just the kids, but coaches as well, be a little bit happier with, with their daily work? So I think what I'm going to say is not easy. <laughs> and I and I don't know. um like I know at our gym, we have, like I talked about those underlying philosophies and we've got a few of them, right? Yeah. So we play off of John Wooden a little bit. We don't lie. We don't cheat. We don't steal. We don't make excuses, mm -hmm. right? We believe in friendship, love, and loyalty. We can disagree without being disagreeable. And then the final one that I think is the hardest one that we talk about is look to yourself. And so I think that one is a, as a gym, you need to have those pillars, if just like any business, um, we should every gym and every team should have pillars of which they believe um, to create the culture. And I think that what I hear a lot, like you, like what you're saying, um, is the aspect that's missing is the look to yourself, because that's what we're teaching the children, right? You can only affect yourself. You can only worry about your work. You could, you know, we have to apply what we teach to ourselves directly, and I think that is the hardest thing. I'm not taking away the reality. Yes, you might be working in a, in a very toxic environment and you can't make a change right now uh, professionally, but you, you absolutely can affect the way that you interact with your students. Mm -hmm. You know, um, you have that ability. <laughs> and if you know that you're doing the right thing, then someone's criticism shouldn't affect you. Um, there's a really great, I, I use a lot of different mental coaches uh, this year. I've been working a lot with Stacey Herman mm -hmm. um, and she has this great concept with your A circle, B circle and C circle that I think, I think is great for all people, not just athletes. Um, and it's this pretty much that ability to say, this is what I'm doing. These are my decisions in my A circle and you're not a part of that. So then then their negative reaction to what you're doing wouldn't affect you anyway, because they're not part of your A circle. Mm. Um, that's what I would say to those coaches. I would say that you have to practice every single day the concept of looking to yourself and creating a true level of respect. And I think that really is hard. Um, I mean, even with new coaches I get in, I think the first thing, the first thing they always say and I am very, very proud of this. I said it earlier. I'll say it again is everyone talks about how respectful the kids are. Mm. Um, you know, it's, it's just so pleasant. You know, it's just pleasant. Um, and it is. It's just pleasant. Every day is pleasant. But, like, why would you want to have a place that's dredged in conflict? Yeah. Um, but, but it's pleasant because of the coaches. Yeah. And but it, not all of us. And when when our kind of transformation as a gym started, it didn't start with all of us. It started with just one or two of us. Mm -hmm. And guess what? When you have happy kids, they get results. Yep. They do. So then the proof is in the pudding. Yep. And if you're doing the right thing, you will you'll come out on top. It, it's just that simple. 
So that's what I would say is you have to look to yourself, come in every single day, start to create your lesson within your current constraints, whatever they are, but you're not constrained with how you communicate. I've never been into a gym that says you have to yell at the children. <laughs> I've never, I, you know, I mean, I've, I've, you've seen it tolerated. You've seen maybe it even encouraged, but it's never, I've never ever once heard a coach tell me you have to yell at them. Even ones that I know that do, yeah. you know, like, so then you, okay, well, how do you make them do it? If you're not yelling at them, that's on, that's part of you to figure that out. How are you going to do that? Um, you know, for us, it was written lesson plans for a little bit of time mm -hmm. to start that transformation because then it would, you'd be surprised the way that children respond to reading. If it's written the way that they respond, it's amazing. Mm. And that was kind of part of what started the change yeah. because it took away the fight between the coach and the athlete. And it was, this was the assignment per athlete and it just got placed on the floor and the kids would read it and they would do it. And it almost turned into like a little scavenger hunt. Like they had a fun time. Like, Ooh, what do I do next? What's <laughs> you know? Um, and I think making sure you remember that the purpose of sport has so many different things, but one, they're supposed to love it. You're supposed to do things you love. Yep. So how do you make sure that you like, it's just so easy to come back when you like really step back, you know, you're supposed to love gymnastics. Mm. You're supposed to, people want to do what they want to do. How do you create that? How do you help, help them love it? So I would say when, when that's the hardest thing is look to yourself because then you have to say, how can I be different every day in my current circumstance? How can I make sure that, the rest of these circumstances are not really affecting me. Yep. Um, and, and you can, you can change a lot because as soon as your kids are doing well and they're happy, other people will want that too. Sure. And then they will ask you, sure. Geez, how are you doing that? I mean, there was, um, there was a huge, I mean, rope climbs, right. That comes up all the time. Yeah. And that was something that I really set out to make sure was not a horrible thing. Like how do I make kids excited to climb the rope? Yeah. And that's the thing I teach all now my development staff, you know, kids should not be crying on the rope. They shouldn't be crying to go over to the rope. You know, and they were like, how did you do that? In my gym, what worked was giving them free reign to climb a rope whenever they felt like it. So we'd go to bars, girls, anytime you would like to go over and climb a rope, you can go climb a rope anytime you feel like it. And maybe Susie did five and Sally did zero. And that's okay. You know what I mean? And like, that's okay. Yeah. You know, and then the next day, oh my gosh, Susie did five. Who can tie her number? And they're like, oh, you know, mm. oh my gosh, can we have a day where everybody, the whole group does two? Let's get excited. You know, and, and it's just so easy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just so easy. And then all of a sudden you have a whole group of little kids that love doing all of those hard things because it's fun and it's their choice and they're doing it because they want to. And you just kind of start your program off like that. Mm. Not that I, don't, I don't make my kids do anything. Yeah. Zero. None of, I don't make them ever do anything, even when they're little. Um, so you have to look to yourself and you have to be smarter than the children. Yeah. I, the kids are crying every day. That's on you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
I think that's phenomenal advice. And I think the look to yourself is very good because it ties together these themes we've talked about, which is look to yourself for your personal mission statement, your personal goals, because that will give you the spine and the leg to stand on to, mm-hmm. to go against the grain and do what you believe in. But also look to yourself within your group and within your gym about everything we talked about, which is if you have clear lines in the sand about these are the policies, these are the move up things, here are the parents, you know, when we can talk, when we don't want to talk, how do we get a meeting? If you mm-hmm. outline these things clearly and explain why, you can point to those things when you're critiquing people's behaviors and mm-hmm. it becomes about critiquing their their choices and their decisions and saying those consequences are a result of those and not attacking the person or blaming the person. That's how you are able to have like you said, you can be, you can disagree without being disrespectful, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or something of that nature. I'm sorry if I butchered that, but uh, you, you can know, disagree without being disagreeable. Yeah, exactly. Right. So looking to yourself personally, looking to yourself as a gym, I think are so, so important. And I think that really helps people set the stage for a constant fluid discussion about what they need to do to be successful. And, and for me, what that all comes down to is intent. If your intent is good, you're morally as a human good, you're morally and ethically as a gym, right. you're doing the right thing. If your intentions are good and you're leading the best way you can, it's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to screw things up. You can admit you're wrong and learn new things. And I think that's where people really need to be on in terms of like having the stomach to, to take criticism from old school coaches who maybe don't want to change or the media or things of that. And it's like, I'm, I'm doing the, I, I believe my morals are sound. I'm doing the best I possibly can. My intention is good. Um, and if I make a mistake, I'll admit it and I will learn from it and I'll move on. I think that's what we all should be striving for, uh, which leads to these kind of conversations, which is let's talk about how do we get there the best way about, you know, I don't need to be right, but what is right is really the goal. Yep. And it really is. And it, I mean, at the end of the day, if you're doing all of those things, you can put your head on your pillow at night and sleep soundly. Exactly. And like you said, you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be a master of all of the, all of those things. You just have to have the right intent. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you have to be willing, you know, I tell my coaches this too. If you want to be treated as a professional, then you have to act as a professional. And professionals in all areas of the world are constantly trying to educate themselves. Um, so if that's what you want to be looked at as, then have then walk the walk. Yep. And if you want the respect of the athlete, you have to demonstrate that first by respecting them first. Um, you know, they're, they're you, all, honestly, it's everything we learned in kindergarten. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it really is like if you passed kindergarten, you can do this. Exactly. <laughs> because it is, it's, it's, it's truly, it's so much more simple than I think we're making it. You know, we can, we can boil this down to some really easy things. You know, you don't have to be the most educated. You just have to be willing. You know, you don't have to know everything. You just have to be respectful. Think about what what that word means. Do it. You know? um, Yeah. Make sure your choices reflect those morals, right? Which I think also is lost on many people is they read the books, they go to the lectures, they listen to podcasts, they think this, I'm going to be great and be awesome. But then rubber meets the road. They aren't, like like we said, simple, but difficult. It's it's simple hard and to do those thousand choices per week that lead to positive outcomes and reflect your morals mm-hmm. it's challenging and i think that's what we should be trying to encourage is is giving people the the safety net to to make those hard decisions and have those right. hard choices because it reflects you're a good person if you actually do what you say and what you mean right but you just have to you know to me it always goes back to like am i living the life that i'm teaching my children so that's you don't have to be you don't have to do all 1000 in one week you just have to do one you do one. And then, and then when you've got one down, then you do this. It's the same way we 
build a handstand, you know? Yeah. So like if you, if you just step back because learning is learning and changes, changes all of all the same. Mm. Um, and once you put that into practice, you'll be a better coach actually and a better technician um, because it will just make sense to you the way to build things. Mm. It just makes sense. Um, so you don't have to do all those 1000 things. You have to do one and maybe your one first is you're like, yeah, geez, you know, my kids really hate this event. They come over and they hate bars all the time. So your first goal is I'm going to eliminate, I'm going to eliminate that. So every time we go to bars, I'm going to set the stage and I'm going to be excited about bars, whether they follow along or not, doesn't matter. I'm going to come over. Yes. It's our favorite event. Let's go. Um, so it just starts with one decision and then it can then continue on. And, um, and I think that's, it's just the way, the same way you build a skill. So I think if people were to look at that, like, okay, this, you can do it. You can make the change. It's, it's actually easier than you think. You don't have to be perfect at it. Um, and, and even if the kids resist a little bit, they're eventually going to fall in line. They really will. I think I hear that too. Like, Oh, you know, I try those tricks, but my kids think it's stupid. Mm. So what? Do it again the next day and do it again the next day and do it again the next day until they're on board. And you can even say, I know you all think that this is ridiculous, but we're going to do it anyway. Like mm. you have to be smarter than the kids. Yeah. And like, who cares if they think it's stupid? <laughs> like. Yeah. It's anything else, right? The, the anytime the first time you do anything is like no one wants to do it, changes right. awkward. So you just gotta keep you gotta keep chipping right. away. Right. Like I mean, I say I'm like, why is the 12 year old deciding your self-worth today? <laughs> That's so well said. <laughs> like, why do you care? Why is this random Joe Schmo on Twitter or Instagram right. or deciding my self-worth at the coach? Right. Who gives a crap? Right. Who gives a crap? Like you just like sometimes you just gotta step back and be like, okay, what's really going on here? All right, you know what? The goal is to have more fun on bars. If that makes me look silly or weird or stupid in their eyes, it doesn't matter because the goal is clear. Mm -hmm. And then you can make the right decisions. And what everybody else thinks about it doesn't matter. Um, like you said, as long as you have the right intent. And guess what? Kids like silly and they like weird and they kind of like when you're stupid. Like <laughs> they do, like when you're acting, you know, when you're just having fun, they like that and, and they'll pretend they don't and they'll be like, oh. and then you just keep going. And eventually all of a sudden they're all on board because children like learning and they like having fun and they like when their coach is a person. It's just not that hard. I agree. I agree. <laughs> Well, this was a fantastic conversation. I really thank you for chatting and expanding on some of these concepts. And I think a lot of people will resonate with many of the things we talked about. So thank you so much. For your time. Of course, I really enjoyed it. I'd like to do it again sometime. It's it's fun to talk this stuff out. Yeah. Doors always open because God knows there's more complex topics than the ones we talked about. <laughs> Definitely. There's, there's a lot, man. There's a lot. But, you know, I think these are these are really important, too. So thank you for your time and thanks for your invitation. I really appreciated it. No problem. I welcome it and I welcome the chat. So uh, I can't wait to put this one out in a couple of weeks. It'll come right after Sarah's. So it'll be perfect. Okay, cool. All great. Right. Have a great Have day. Fun. All right. Yeah. Bye. Hopefully you enjoyed this mini podcast episode. Tickets and full information can be found online at www.shiftmovementscience.com forward slash 
2022 SHIFT Symposium. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to that episode. I hope that you really enjoyed it and got a lot of value out of it. I just want to let you know before we sign off here that a couple things we'd love for you to do. So one is please just make sure that you rate and review the podcast on iTunes or Spotify or Stitcher, wherever you're listening, because that really does help the episode grow quite a bit. And then second, if you really enjoyed this episode, we would love if you left us a review as well and told us what you liked about it. You know, what information was useful, what things were not useful, would you like to know more about, what guests do you want to have on in the future? And then also as you kind of go about your day, if you found something really useful, just toss it up on social media. We love to hear from people on Instagram or Twitter or, you know, all the different websites that they're using for social media. Facebook is great too. But yeah, let us know what you like, because honestly, the podcast comes from people who just tell us what they're finding useful. And that's how we create the next set of content. So yeah, tag us in the podcast or tag us online, whatever you're doing and uh, let us know what you think. Thanks.